the Chat Podcast, the show that gives young leaders a voice. I am Joy Abara, and this is episode six. On today's episode, we are going to be interviewing a very special guest. Um, I have Oni Odudipe in the studio. Um, first of all, before I even read out his bio, I have to say that Oni is one of the most intelligent people that I have ever met in my life, first of all. We met back in school. He um, owned a blog called Harry Diary, which... Uh, I was an avid reader of. I thought he, he, his writing was really, 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 you know, fantastic. And he also was a follower of my blog as well, called The Ambitious Mind, which is defunct, by the way. And uh, we met through a mutual friend yes. called Nelson. Mm-hmm. He happened to be on my campus that day, and I was passing by on my own. And then Nelson called me and was like, "Hey, Joy, what's up? How are you doing today?" And then you know we got talking. We was sitting right across the table, mm-hmm. and he introduced. Oni to me, he's like, guy meets Oni Oludipe, and I'm like, that name sounds familiar, from where, 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 and then, you know, I introduced myself as Joy Abara, and then, remember your reaction, you were like, Joy Abara, the celeb I was, I was of life, <laughs> yeah, but that was how we met, and, you know, since then, we've been friends, Oni um, is, um, I'm going to read his bio right now, Oni Oludipe was awarded the Christopher Okibu Okibo Prize for Poetry in 2016. He is a copywriter, editor, dramatist, reviewer, essayist, and poet, a one-time Best of the Net nominee. His creative and critical thinkings have featured in over 80 national and international art journals, anthologies, and literary magazines such as Afro Diaspora, The Bombay Review, The Luxembourg Review, Senatorial Literary, literary Quarterly, the magazine of the world literature and others. This year, bio is making me twist my tongue. <laughs> in 2015, Oni graduated as best mass communication student and most influential male of his class at Babcock University. And for the next two consecutive years, he was nominated as Young Writer of the Year by the Nigerian Writers Award. Oni was listed as among the top 10 emerging Nigerian writers of Pulse, Nigeria, of, 20, of 2016. He is interested in world literature, creative advertising, religious history, development, communication, public speaking, fish farming, special documentaries, and dance. Ha. Wow, only you. <laughs> I'm wondering myself. <laughs> Ooh, so I have Oni here in the studio. Oni, mm-hmm. welcome to the chat podcast. Joy, thank you very much. This is probably your first podcast ever, uh, is it? Well, I've had a lot of podcasts in my dream. Yeah, <laughs> I, I regularly get interviewed in my dream. It's, it's one of the... <laughs> You know, most common fantasy. Really. That's something I haven't told anybody before. So, right. So maybe it's my first real life podcast. But so really, I I, I hope we're gonna have a good time here. Yeah. Because really we're, we're we're getting real, mm-hmm. talking about our life. <laughs> <laughs> Your bio looks very very impeccable, oh, interesting, and I know that beyond and beneath all of this impeccability and the flawlessness i'm sure you have some real life struggles as, oh, yes. as a young adult oh, yes, the, the things you want to, to tell us about I do of course um, that is a constant you know yeah nobody has it smooth nobody has it smooth the impeccability itself is an illusion trust me it's just branding you know uh, those were all targeted information put on linkedin and uh, the rest <laughs> of the story which is actually the major part of the iceberg yeah I leave that out every day in the recesses of you know the planet in which I inhabit. Right. So yes, the struggles are there. So what has life been like for you since after school? Hmm. It's been very dynamic, right? Uh, dynamic to, you know, to extreme measures. Mm. Nothing is predictable. Yeah. It's not like school, you know, when we're back at Backwood University, uh, we knew that 
seven o'clock, the alarm in the hostel would, you know, ring very off, regimented hymns and you know, and all of that Crazy. would rush out to the class and perhaps tough one, you'd go to the cafeteria, chap if it was a Wednesday, chapel seminar by nine to ten and all of that. Uh, you know, we it was regimented life, like you said. But life after school has been if I'm to wrap it up in one word or in one compound word, that is no timetable. No timetable. No time that is you have to manage your time by yourself. by yourself. And if you do not, somebody else will. Uh, nature will, providence will, yeah. uh, capitalists will, scammers will, social media will, or perhaps uh, depression will. Uh, that's, that is the reality of many Depression. young people today. Yeah, that's, that's, the truth. that's the truth. So life after school has been, uh, has been the life, really. So did you go on straight to a nine to five, or what was it like? Did you did you venture straight up into into writing for yourself? Mm. What was it like? Well, we went for NYC. I mean, that's that's the the no. I served at Otter at the Bell's University. Uh, the vice chancellor of to be precise. So that was even more than a nine to five for me. It was being a vice chancellor's office, you know, staff member or call member. I had to resume, you know, seven and then leave when the VC leave, you know, uh, most times which process into 10, 11, 12. Yeah, seriously. I For was, extra pay, eh? Yes, of course. Extra cash. And then my lunch every day was taken care of by the VC. Okay. You know, so yeah, there were perks, of course, but I was very busy, you know, during my service here. Very, very, very busy. Uh, after serving at Otta, um, within a span of a week, I was able to get a job as a trainee copywriter at an advertising agency in Lagos, Ikeja, Lagos. Uh, and yes, some, some people now might be, might be thinking, this guy, this guy was, I mean, just one week after service, that's quite impressive and blah, blah, blah. Well, yes, it is, <laughs> but within the span of that one week, you know, a lot went on. And even before that one week, I had been applying and applying. Of course, there was a proactive measure. When you were, when you when were serving. Yeah, yeah. serving, you know, even despite the fact that I didn't have time. You know, I had been applying to virtually all the top-tier agencies you know, in Lagos, advertising agencies in Lagos. I packaged my portfolio, even though I had not worked in an agency before. Mm -hmm. you know, I wanted to be a copywriter, a marketing content creator. Mm -hmm. I call it. Uh, so I, I remember I you know, packaged, repackaged my CV. You know, uh, all of those things you read, <laughs> tabularized them and all of that in, the, uh, in that document. Yeah. Put together my portfolio, even though I did not have any ads I had been writing you know, in the past. Mm -hmm. I had no work experience you know, in agencies. What I was able to do was look back into my school you know, activities. Mm -hmm. um, I remember I, I was a participant in marketing drive for Babcock University once. I modeled as the face of Babcock. I know. Yeah, I'm very... It's funny because I actually saw that book again, our prospectus. Really? What do you call it? A handbook. Yeah, handbook. handbook. Guys, if you see this, like, he looked like a real pure model. <laughs> <laughs> really? Well, go on, please. Anyways, uh, yeah, so I, I took that. And then some other writings that you know done as a creative writer generally, you know, mm -hmm. my poems, my essays, and all of that, in journals, and all of that. Uh, compile them, sent to insights, sent to Noah's Ark, mm -hmm. sent to extreme ideas, sent to uh, Leo Bonnet, Primaganet Africa. These are very great advertising agencies. Some multinational, some greatly national. You know. I sent that out. I sent those out. 
you know, a month before the one week of passing out and all of that, I got no response from any of them. You know, the very illusion that, well, I say illusion or delusion now, that the, the you know the story of unemployment, <laughs> yeah. now, youth unemployment in this country, how people will strive to send their CVs and get more. I thought that thing was just a myth. Yeah. <laughs> Until was, it happened was, to you. <laughs> Until it happened to me, you know. I was like, uh-uh, no <laughs> now. By God's grace, there was a, I mean, I have a first class. It's right yeah. there on top of my CV mm-hmm. and all of that. Be you proud know, and all. Don't stop. <laughs> but I got no response. And it was heartbreaking. It was the beginning of my struggles. Mm. You know, I wanted to work in insights. It's always been you know, the apple of my eye in terms of career. Yeah. Uh, I got a response from them. I sent to all the mails available online. Um, I didn't know anybody in the industry who was an insider. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was left outside. You know, I, I started to doubt my, my profile. I started to doubt my, you know, my ability to draw attention. You know. And that was a struggle. I felt, I felt bad about it. Haven't you ever felt that way about yourself? Well, I mean, my story is somehow similar to yours because right mm-hmm. after NYC, in fact, before NYC, I actually got a call. I got an offer to work. And this was, this stemmed from my internships with mm. other like companies. And I got a call from my MD to come and work for, for her if I didn't find anything to do at the time. Mm-hmm. I had applied to other places, but there was no, no response. No I mean, not to say that I don't know what rejection feels like because even in episode one, I have been chasing this radio thing for a long time and trust me, I know what it feels like to be rejected or doors to be shut right in your face, you know, so I totally understand that. And even with work, even with the fact that I have a nine to five, a sustainable source of income, is not to say that I am totally comfortable because trust me, there are things I also have to struggle with. Which brings me to my next question. Um, so with all of that struggle, you finally got a job, right? Oh yes, uh, it was a miracle. Um, a miracle I, happened. I, my blog got me a job. Okay, okay. By the grace of providence, mm. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, you know, excuse that. Uh, Airy Diary, the mm. same Airy Diary that brought us together. <laughs> right. Magic. Has been a blessing. Guys, hope you're paying attention. This is <laughs> this is real. You need to start something, yeah. no matter how little. It really will get you somewhere, even if it means meeting somebody. Like I'm, I did. So I got a mail from. Sunji of Field Communications, one of the top 10 agencies in the country. You know. mm-hmm. I was just in my room that day, and it was a Thursday, it was the very first week. And, Hello, Oi. Um, I love your writings. I've been following your blog for some time now. Do you wish to start a career in brand communication? Get back to me. In bank communications? Brand. Brand, brand communications. communications. And I'd read about Sunji Abioye, you know, way before, during my theory level. I read about all the captains of industry in you know, advertising and all that. Mm-hmm. I, I knew him. Mm-hmm. Now, when he sent that mail, the signature, his signature was not on the mail he sent. Um, what I mean by that is his designation as the CEO of Fior was not on that mail. It was just Tunji Adbio. So it was like an anonymous you know, individual. And maybe he thought I wouldn't know him. You know. When I saw that mail, I saw Tunji Adbio. I was shocked. I screamed. You know, I, I left for joy and I was very relieved and I sent back I replied to the mail, thanking him for, you know, the recognition and all of that. And I would love to, you know, have a meeting with him and discuss my visions and plans. Mm-hmm. Because I was, I was hoping I was going to, you know, proceed along with the scholarship, the master's, you know, degree scholarship and all of that. But I really wanted to exercise creative tension. I wanted to be a copywriter, really, in the industry. So yeah, I went to Frail, invited me for an interview, a test, um, and uh, here we are. 
or here, there I was. I wrote a test. Um, I got the job. And that's was, how you and were. It was the blog. It was not the CV or the or the portfolio I sent right. to the other agent. So there, no. there are dynamics to, to getting a job, yes. to employment. Yes. Not always about the conventional way, which is no. regular CV, cover letters, no. or whatnot. Okay. So now you, you have that job then. What was it like working for an institution? Let me say that I kind of struggled with my first year of mm-hmm. work ex- proper work experience because I feel like I didn't know what was expected to a very large extent, even though I had interned with other companies. But then again, you know how companies have their own style of working, you know, their patterns. Somehow your creativity is somewhat stifled because you have to work with the plan. The plan, exactly. And I struggled with that for a long time, even with finances. I'm not going to get there, but that's another question for another day. How was it like for you? I mean, I can imagine how it would be. I mean, if it was bad for me, I can imagine how worse it would be for you. <laughs> we're creative, we're major creative, yeah. So what was it like? Did you have any of that experience? Ah, yes, a lot, a lot. Um, well, it was, it was, it was not as bad because, and that's why I said it was the grace of providence. Fail represents um, an idea that I stand for, right? And that is, fail is popularly called, popularly called uh, the womb of unpopular thinking. In the industry, mm. their marketing content, their projects, their ads, their you know outputs are quite unconventional. You know, and that was what actually attracted me to feel and to Tunji Abuyi in particular. You know, I liked their works; they were out of the world. You know, you would see the ads and you consider them insane. But of course, you would have been attracted and you would have admired those ads before you called them insane, and they would have registered an impression on you. So working at Phil or at uh, my first agency, there wasn't so much of a variance between my style and the style of the agency. But there was a problem. There was a challenge, I would say. And that was an individual challenge of the, as a writer, right? All my life I've been a creative writer. I've been an imaginative writer of poetry, of essays, you know, majorly. I'm a fan of abstractions. Right. Uh, when I write, I want you to think. I want you to, you know, have a sense of relativism, of uh, you know, metaphorical dissociation and association, and all of that. You know, copywriting is not going to allow that. Yeah. It doesn't permit that. You have to be clear and compelling to and the persuasive point. and straight to the point. That's the straight to the point. My challenge was that I could not write straight. To the point. <laughs> As a poet, I was, you know, uh, okay. So I think my first brief I remember was the American University of Nigeria. Yeah, that was my very first brief. The creative director, you know, just, uh, Oi, Alpha, welcome. Um, uh, I need you to write some copies for, I think, what AUN was trying to do was create a prospectus. And then they were trying to create flyers, you know, okay. admission, admission flyers and all of that. And there was a theme, a general theme for that. I was supposed to build materials, creative headlines and all of that. And I think I was writing something about beyond degrees. No, not beyond degrees. Something in that regard, beyond degrees, and and this was supposed to be a creed for the students. And I wrote, according to the creative director, an intense esoteric poetry. You know that even the creative director could not bring himself to understand, and it was a it was a big challenge. I can imagine it was a big challenge, but that led me to make a decision uh, to prove my creative director wrong, to prove myself wrong, because I was feeling okay. This is deja vu because while I was a bad cop, my hundred level, I also had the same challenge, similar challenge for news writing. 
you know, people were very close to me with this. Uh, there was a particular lecturer who openly declared in class that I was not going to be a good journalist mm. or a news writer because I write news stories like stories and not as news stories. You know, have know you what, sorry? Have you been accused of being ambiguous? Oh yes, several times. It's like being it's like being accused of being a human being. Because. The- <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Which is just to say that's who you are. I mean, because the, the thing is, why I ask is that whenever I read your your articles, any of your write-ups, I always there's always a need to get a dictionary because I don't usually understand some of the grammar that this guy blows. <laughs> you know, but I mean, it's good for me. It's good education for me because at the end of the day, I always pick up one word that's or nice. two to learn. That's nice. You know, but um. But is it about the grammar? I would ask again. Because I don't believe they're, they're big words. Okay, say they're yeah, big well, words. they're not. They're not. They're not regular words that we use. Thank you. Regular. That's yeah. The word. Not, which is different from the workplace, you know, um, style. Style. Of course, you have to be regular in a creative way. Exactly. I didn't want to be regular at all, and that was the, that was the challenge. But I, I I found a way around that. But it was a long struggle. It was a long struggle. So what what other demands did you feel like? you needed to have or was your company placing on you when you when you started out because you came out of the first class students from Babcock University you were refined I mean to an extent to an extent yeah and even to like a public eye you know how first class students are you know treated mm, they're, they're gold mines here you come out and then you're, you're working in the company and they, they, they still don't think that you're good enough <laughs> Because their expectations, yeah. you know. So, what I mean, what were the demands? What were the expectations from you? Was it? What were the things that you had to sort of struggle with, apart mm. from your creative style? Was there an issue with your time management? Was there an issue with you being able to relate with people easily? You know, all these things that all the social, very yeah, social, important indexes, social. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, um, as you rightly Concerns, said, yeah. as you rightly said, really. Um, it's an issue for most first-class graduates. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the expectations are there, mm-hmm. um, and with expectations come stereotypes, right? That's that's the problem. Stereotypes. Um, mine was even worse because the CEO himself recommended me for hire, right? Because he had read my books and he had told everybody around, you know, that uh, I met Oi and he's a very good writer and he's going to do well. Mm-hmm. Even though Tunji isn't a creative, right? He's not a copywriter. My creative director had, I, I want to believe that he had doubts you know, about my competence in copywriting, in thinking, in conceptual thinking, because that's what advertising is about, mm-hmm. not just about writing poems and essays. So, on the path of my creative director, I was on my own side, uh, faced with a man who, how do I put it now, he, I want to believe that he did not believe what TJ believed in me, you know, what he saw in me, and he was struggling to see what TJ was seeing, and that placed me on a very odd spot, and it wasn't just my CD, that's, and I'm saying this strictly on my own personal, you know, ground mm-hmm. it, might, might not, it might not have been the case but from instinctive evaluation i saw that in everybody you know this oi, 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 oi. what can you do Seth? you know so now um, i'm getting a brief by mm-hmm. nine o'clock in the morning and um while other writers have been given the deadline of say for instance okay five o'clock in the evening let's have a review 
you know, I'm expected to, you know, on the spot, at least give some, you know, just what do you have to say about this? You know, there was always a what do you have to say about this, you know, approach to my work. And I was just a beginner now. I was just a fresher, you know, in the entire story. That was the problem. Mm -hmm. Thinking on your feet. Thinking on, yes, people expected. And that is quite ideal, yeah. yes. But as a fresher, as a trainee. People don't understand, you know, that you, you probably have to go through some sort of training. That's why you have graduate trainees, first of all. I was not treated as a graduate trainee. Right. That was my problem. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was my challenge, yeah. And it really helped me because mm -hmm. I put me on my feet also. But it was not just enough to think well. The demand was think well fast. Right. Regardless of Regardless whether you have a background yeah. here or not. Okay, so let's just go straight into copywriting, which is your thing. I know that on Instagram, you just somehow surprised us one day <laughs> and then started a campaign. Yeah. <laughs> a revolution, if I would say. You know, um, so you have this copywriting project that you started. Yeah. 366 days of copywriting. Right. I have to, I mean, in my opinion, I think your 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 creative measure to put in words is is genius and brilliant because i always fall in love with the way you pattern those words the way you put them together like it makes me well maybe i'm marketing you too much but it makes me want to even get those products <laughs> <laughs> oh that's very pretty but that's every copywriter because really. trust me because they're very short they're very precise and they sell like they sell the product mm. straight on, and they're relatable they're they're something awesome. you use words that are terms that are relatable awesome. Um, how do you, how did it all start? Hmm. Well, I was doubting myself. That's how it all started. Like I said, I was writing like a poet when I was at the, my first place of work, my first agency, agency, and there was a concern about my style you know, from my creative director, who actually meant well. You mm. know. I wasn't writing clearly. And even though I was thinking clearly, really, I wasn't expressing myself clearly. It wasn't reflecting. It wasn't reflecting. And my creative director needed to know that I was a clear thinker. Mm. You know? So one day, in the third month of my time there as a graduate copywriter training, you know, training copywriter, I came across a particular Georgian copywriter. His name is Solomon Tushivali. I came across a particular project, a copywriting project of ease. It mm -hmm. was on day 263, but I remember quite well now, of his own 365 days of copy project. So he was writing 300, he was going to write 365 ads you know, in a year, and I was mesmerized by the idea. And I went through some of his copies, they were awesome, they were fantastic, you know, minimalist and entertaining. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to do something like that, you know, I wanted to be that kind of copywriter. You could check him out, Solomon Tujibali, very, very brilliant man. You know. I had a discussion with him, told him I was inspired by his work, and I would love to, you know. He has been a copywriter for, you know, for, he's a veteran mm -hmm. for years. He has worked in multinational agencies all over the world, and so it was, it was going to be a serious task and metal, you know, for me, but I picked it up nonetheless, and I started the project wanting to convince myself that I could write clear copies, that I could, I could string words in, compellingly marketable way, you know, to sell products, to sell the benefits of brands and to, you know, sell ideas. Because they're not just about brands, you know, I'm sure you must have come across certain copies that have to do with uh, domestic violence, emotional abuse, mm -hmm. uh, you know, social issues. 
So yes, the copy the copy project, you know, was to hone my skill, was to show the world that a Nigerian copywriter could be creative, right? Mm -hmm. And to show Nigeria itself and the industry that copywriting could be done differently. And that there could be some minimalist approach to marketing that could still work. Mm -hmm. Brands don't have to be boring and talk too much to sell, you know, the core of their benefits. And I want to believe that you've seen that, you know, achieved so far during the project. Mm -hmm. You could sell, you could sell, you know, an extension, an air extension brand of products with just one word, and it will create a lasting impression. Then, when you write stories, stories yeah. you know, first paragraph, second paragraph, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. that's how it started. It's very evident in, in the work that you do. Um, my, my next question will be, what's the vision, what's the goal for only, say, five to ten years from now? I know you studied copywriting already, but what's the goal for for you in, in terms of copywriting in, in your life generally? Well, um, first of all, I want to finish this project successfully. Right? Today is the 338th day just 28 days to go. Yeah. The first goal, I think, would be to finish that successfully. And when I am done, I have some on the ground plans to start a private copywriting academy. Okay. For, you know, young minds in the industry and even in the academia who are about leaving university who actually want to know more about copywriting because it was a problem for me. There was no copywriter to hold on to in the public domain to say, okay, uh, this copywriter is doing good stuff. How do you do it? What's the industry like? Uh, what does it entail to be a copywriter? What does it entail to want to be a copywriter? You know, what are the books I have to read? Because I had to read certain books you know, before I started the project. Uh, thank God for my creative director. He recommended certain books. I read about seven of them before I started the project. And that helped me a lot. And I've shared some of these books with certain students who have come to me on my social media platforms to ask, how do you do this? So I want to make that be um, just a private tutoring platform for people who want to know how to write non subtly copy, you know. Um, and then extensively in the medium and long term, really my goals are to be, you know, to put it rhetorically or poetically now. <clears throat> the most relevant, one of the most relevant copywriters of my time, you know, in the international sphere. I want to be reckoned with as, you know, the David Ogilvy of, of this time. David Ogilvy was the father of modern advertising. He's, is like the holy shrinker of uh, you know, advertising. That's if the world was Africa. Yeah, so that is that is the dream, you know, as just as a portrait, as mm -hmm. a poetic portrait. But of course there are plans, there are strategies, what agencies they have to work with, what awards, you know, I look forward to winning um, in the industry, what kind of brands would I want to, you know, revolutionize, what kind of books do I need to read, what kind of people do I need to meet. You know, all of those are day-to-day Tactical plans, and mm. yeah, yeah, very much. I think we should have a party. Yeah, at the end of. Yes, at the end of the. Oh really? Oh, okay, that would be an after after party. To my after after party. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. So finally, what are your three guiding principles as a young adult, as an individual, from your experiences? Mm. What are the things that you look to to sort of guide you through? My core values. Right? Yeah. Well, number one, self awareness. Know thyself. Know thyself. Yeah. <laughs> Socrates said that. That's my number one core principle. Know yourself. Know yourself unapologetically. 
radically, independently. No one works for you. And let the world know that. And let the world adjust to it. Mm. Yeah. And of course, there is a chance for an osmosis of qualities and all that. No, we're not perfect, we're not flawless. Yeah. But at the same time, change and development should start from self-awareness. So we must know ourselves. You know? Um, that has guided me all through my life. I spend time with myself a lot than I spend time with any other person or any other thing. Maybe when I marry, that will change, right? It should change. It should change. It will change. Yeah, it will change. Uh, it will, but um, till then, I'm very engrossed with myself. Mm. That is the and then the second is to be open-minded. You don't know it all. Okay. Nobody knows it all. Um, what I have learned is but least in comparison with what I've been doing. That is my second most profound core value. So I'm always open-minded to, you know, to learning. You have not arrived. Nobody ever arrives in the field of learning. You know, we're all learners. Nobody's learned. You know, I, I read that from a very, very great friend, Status World, one time. So yes, we must all be open to learning, to shifting perspectives, to understanding what it means to be uh, a human being, a learning human being, a progressive human being, learning how to admit when you're wrong, you know, and learning how to know when it is time to learn and time to shift, you know. That is very key. And then the third one is, um, as usual, my third ones are always very, you know, like cut blanche, open, you know, just open check. That changes from time to time. So in reality, I just have to cover the self-awareness and, you know, open-mindedness. Those are my core values. The third one, anything goes, you know, anything heroic and full of conscience. You can afford to play with the third one. I can afford to play. As your style. Exactly. Oh my God. I feel like I'm, I'm sitting in front of a 70-year-old right now. Oh, really? <laughs> This guy is old. <laughs> oh, you have an old soul. Thank you so much for coming on the chat podcast. We have reached the end. It's been such an amazing time with you. Very real, straight to the point. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that someone out there listening will be inspired by your story to know that it's not so much of hard work. Hard work is important, but, you know. There's so much more to people becoming successful. It's in you being able, being a good person, being able to work on yourself as well thank you so much for that very insightful one um special thanks to amen radio studios which is where i am recording at this point in time to the guys who have produced this i'm really really grateful to for all of your hard work and commitment the chat podcast is on social media you can check us out at the chat podcast on instagram on facebook we'll be right there if you want to listen and download this program this episode you can go to soundcloud itunes podcast.com you're right there only do you want to tell me your social media handles oh yes um instagram i am at oinstein y-i-n-s-t-e-i-n a conflation of oinstein give it to me by a very special friend mm-hmm. um, and then on my linkedin so you heard it, go there and um, feel the magic. This is my time to see you next time. Of course, we can have a